You know who needs a win on Saturday? South Carolina's football team. You know who really needs a win on Saturday? South Carolina's head football coach, Shane Beamer. You are Locked On Gamecocks, your daily podcast on the South Carolina Gamecocks. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, Gamecock Nation, and welcome to this Game Day Eve edition of the Locked On Gamecocks Podcast. I'm Andrew Lyon, the host of this podcast and a staff writer for Gamecocks Digest over on SI.com. Thank y'all so much for making the Locked On Gamecocks podcast your first listen or watch for your team every day. We are free and available both on YouTube and wherever you get your audio podcasts daily. Today's show is brought to you by LinkedIn Jobs. These days, every new potential hire can feel like a high-stakes wager for your small business. That's why LinkedIn Jobs helps find the right people for your team faster and for free. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash college. Terms and conditions do apply. Y'all have heard me talk about hierarchy in the SEC plenty of times in the past, especially during the off season. And we got to bring that conversation back into this Friday edition of Locked On Gamecocks because this is a really big game, not just for South Carolina's football program. I'm not going to dive into why this is a must-win game for the Gamecocks. I think all of y'all know pretty much why the Gamecocks need this game in the worst way. But more than the Gamecocks, Shane Beamer, South Carolina's head football coach, He really needs to get a win over Billy Napier on Saturday afternoon. And part of the reason that I say this, it ties back into perception. It ties back into sort of the hierarchy of coaches in the SEC. And to really get into this conversation, I want to give y'all Shapemer's current records against coaches that he faces annually at this current point in time. Shane Beamer is currently 1-1 against Dabo Sweeney, Mark Stoops, and Jimbo Fisher. Shane Beamer currently has a losing record against Eli Drinkwitz, who he's 0-2 against, Tennessee's Josh Heupel, who he's 1-2 against, and Kirby Smart, who he's 0-3 against. He also has not defeated Billy Napier, but his only matchup against Napier was back in 2022, a game that obviously the Gamecocks lost, so he's only won against the Florida Gators head football coach. The only head coach that Shane Beamer faces annually at this point that he currently possesses a winning record over is Clark Lee over at Vanderbilt, as Shane Beamer has defeated him on both occasions when the Gamecocks have met up with the Commodores in his tenure. Now, to be fair to Shane Beamer, he has not coached yet against Jimbo Fisher, Mark Stoops, or Dabo Sweeney this fall. So there is a chance that Shane Beamer can change that perception or change the amount of coaches that he has a winning record against. But there's an argument to be made that South Carolina could lose against all those teams, at least two of those three teams, Maybe the Aggies and the Clemson Tigers, or maybe the Gamecocks beat the Aggies on the road, but they lose to Kentucky and Clemson at the end of the year. Any of those situations or scenarios could wind up playing out. And let's say Shane Beamer loses to Billy Napier and the Florida Gators on Saturday afternoon. If that were to take place, 
Shane Beamer would have a 3-6 and six record against head coaches who have been in the SEC for four years or less. And as I said at the beginning, this all ties back into perception because when it comes to college football, as we've said before, whether it is fair or not, perception typically is reality in this sport. And while recruits from the high school ranks might not be looking at how Shane Beamer's records stack up against each one of these individual coaches, Shane Beamer, when it comes to the street cred that he has built up as a head coach in this conference, he cannot continue to lose some of these games head-to-head against some of these other coaches, especially those that are viewed as being sort of at the same stage of their reclamation project as Shane Beamer's currently at at South Carolina. Basically, coaches like a Josh Heupel at Tennessee, a Billy Napier at Florida, to a certain extent, Eli Drinkwitz at Missouri. Shane Beamer cannot be losing to these guys. And again, he hasn't lost every single game against those coaches. And sure, he inherited a pretty rough situation when it comes to the talent disparity at certain position groups on South Carolina's roster. That is not all on him. And he and his staff, for the most part, have done a decent job of rectifying that situation. And as I mentioned earlier, he has built up some street cred as a head coach in this conference. Obviously, knocking off Kentucky on the road in Lexington halfway through the 2022 season. That was a big deal for South Carolina. Getting a win over Jimbo Fisher in Columbia last year. Basically ending the winless drought against the Aggies for the Gamecocks. South Carolina went on to, of course, knock off two top 10 teams and college football playoff contenders in Josh Heupel and Dabo Sweeney at the tail end of this past regular season. Doing all of that really gave South Carolina a lot of street cred and Shane Beamer a lot of street cred as an individual head coach. But the thing about this sport that makes it such a meat grinder, especially when it comes to this conference specifically, is that you can lose that street cred within a year's time. It can be given to you pretty quickly, and it can also be taken away from you just as quickly. And Shane Beamer has already lost some of it this year, and that is okay. It's all right if you lose a little bit of that street cred. But Shane Beamer cannot lose all of it. He does not want to mess around and find out just what the perception will be about his job status potentially in Columbia, nationally speaking, if, say, he loses against Billy Napier. Maybe he doesn't beat Eli Drinkwitz or Jimbo Fisher. And then maybe he just splits one of the final two games at the end of the season against Mark Stoops and Dabo Sweeney. I'm not, of course, trying to say here that Shane Beamer should be on the hot seat if he loses the majority of these games the rest of the way. I'm just telling y'all, that is what the country is going to be saying. That is what the national media space is going to be saying. And unfortunately, for a lot of people out there that watch this sport religiously, that is still what is used to form their overall opinions about certain programs, about certain players and coaches alike. So, for Shane Beamer, he has to get this one on Saturday. Not just because 
His team's got to get a win and get back to 500 and carve out a clear path to bowl eligibility the rest of the way. It's not just for that reason. Shane Beamer, as an individual coach, he cannot be 0-2 against Billy Napier. That alone would already not be a very good look. It would be even worse when you consider the fact that, we've talked about this as well, Billy Napier, so far in his tenure at Florida, is 1-7 and when the Gators are not playing in Gainesville. You cannot be the coach that helps Florida get back on the right track when it comes to being able to play on the road, especially when you also consider that you've had an extra week to prepare for this game and let your guys rest, and this is going to be at home, and it's a revenge game for the Gamecocks. You see where I'm going with all this. Shane Beamer, for a multitude of reasons, and especially long-term, his coaching reputation in this conference alone He cannot afford to lose this game. He just cannot. So, for the Gamecocks, this game's going to mean a lot for them on Saturday. And with what is riding on this game, that has to be the same case for their head coach, Shane Beamer, as well. And when it comes to this football game, there's going to be a few key matchups or a few key questions that South Carolina is going to have to answer or have fall their way if they want to be able to get revenge against the Gators on Saturday afternoon in Williams-Brice Stadium. We're going to touch on those questions in just a few moments right here on Locked On Gamecocks. Today's show is brought to you by LinkedIn Jobs. Now, as a small business owner, you never want to find yourself in a situation where you have people that are struggling to fill the roles that you have in your business. You don't want someone who's not a handyman to be a part of your carpentry business. You don't want someone who's not certified to be a personal trainer at your gym or someone that can't operate a camera to be a videographer for you. If you find yourself in that kind of scenario, then you need to check out LinkedIn Jobs because they will help you find the right people for your business. Just add your job and the purple hashtag hiring frame to your LinkedIn profile to let everyone know that you are hiring and utilize tools like screening questions to filter through all of the viable candidates. It's why small businesses rate LinkedIn Jobs number one in delivering quality hires. Because LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the qualified candidates that you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash college. That's linkedin.com slash college to post your job for free today. Terms and conditions do apply. Welcome back to this Friday edition of the Locked On Gamecocks podcast, where we cover your team every single day. And as always, I really appreciate each and every one of you everydayers who continue to make the Locked On Gamecocks podcast your daily choice for South Carolina Gamecock sports coverage. Let's dive into some of the key questions for the Gamecocks as they get ready for their weeks of a matchup against the Florida Gators in Williams-Brice Stadium. The first question revolves around an external circumstance that South Carolina will have no control over in this football game, and that is the weather. My question here is how much does the weather play a role in this football game? If there's anything that I figured out this football season, it's a good thing that I'm doing this podcast because I probably would not be very good as a meteorologist because 
I'm not very good at looking ahead in terms of what the weather's going to be like on certain days, particularly game days throughout the fall. And where I'm getting at with all this is the chance for rain on Saturday is 81%. And throughout the football game specifically, the chance for rain goes up to as high as 51%. So it seems like there's a pretty real possibility that at some point Mother Nature is going to play a factor in this football game. And the thing with wet fields, with rainy football games, is that when those kind of football games take place, it usually favors the football team that has a much stronger ground game because no matter how talented your quarterback is, you can have Spencer Rattler back there, you can have a Tom Brady, you can have a Dan Marino back there playing quarterback for you. When the football is really slick and wet, it is very difficult for quarterbacks to be able to sit back in the pocket and make passes. It also makes it more difficult for them to be able to run out of the pocket when the field conditions are not as conducive. And so, you'll usually find that football teams will lean on their ground games a lot more when it does start to rain, especially if it rains for an extended period of time, because, well, quite frankly, um, they don't really have much of a choice. Now, South Carolina, they probably aren't going to be afraid to continue to throw the football if it does start to rain, but Florida, I guarantee you, if it starts to rain a good amount, particularly with the way that they have utilized Graham Mertz so far this season, where he has not pushed the football down the field a whole lot, they're probably not going to be afraid to lean on the running back duo of Trevor Etienne and Montrell Johnson Jr. Those two guys have been uh, really beneficial for that offense countless times throughout Billy Napier's tenure up to this point. So I have no doubt that they would do that once again should it start to rain on Saturday afternoon. So if that does happen, it'll be interesting to see just how this game might change in terms of the schematics and play calling if Rain stays in Columbia for an extended period of time during this football game. Now, my second key question for this game is who lines up in nickel corner against Florida wide receiver Ricky Pearsall? Now, I brought this up when it came to the Tennessee game a couple weeks ago. And when I brought the question up then, that was more related towards South Carolina side of things. Because obviously, against Mississippi State, uh, the secondary got torched to put it nicely, multiple times, especially from that slot position. Tulu Griffin from Mississippi State just killed the Gamecocks secondary all night long. Against Tennessee, South Carolina made a change there. They moved Nick Emmonworry down to the nickel corner spot. And Emmonworry, considering the fact that he hasn't really played nickel corner at all since he arrived in Columbia he did a pretty doggone good job considering all of these circumstances. Heading into this game, though, they're going to be facing a much tougher challenge when it comes to the slot wide receiver position because the Gators have a guy by the name of Ricky Pearsall. Pearsall has been in Gainesville since the beginning of last football season, and sure, he might not garner the attention of an Xavier Leggett, of a Luther Burden from Missouri, or maybe an Evan Stewart from Texas A&M, but I will say this. Just because he might not have the cachet of those wide receivers does not mean that Ricky Pearsall is a bad wide receiver. Ricky Pearsall is a really solid slot wideout because this is a guy that's got really good hands when you put the football in his vicinity, and he is a really, really good route runner. So, he might not blow you away with his athleticism, 
But this is a guy that can absolutely make you pay if you cannot stay hip to hip or stay in front of him when you are covering him. So I'm going to be very intrigued to see. Does South Carolina go back to the Nick Emory strategy that they employed against Tennessee? Or do they maybe try to use a David Spaulding a little bit more in this football game? Spaulding, it seems like, has gotten a bit healthier, although he apparently was limited with a wrist injury during the bye week. So maybe that still affects him coming into this weekend. Either way, I'll be curious to see how Clay White and this defensive coaching staff go about trying to match up against Ricky Pearsall when it comes to that slot position on Saturday. And then my final key question for South Carolina is how are they going to try to contain Princely Umanmilin, who is a star edge rusher for the Florida Gators? Princely reminds me, from a statistical standpoint, a lot of Kingsley J.J. Edigbari, who used to play for South Carolina just a couple of years ago and now is currently playing for the Green Bay Packers. Princely is sort of in the same, fits the same kind of mold, I should say, as a J.J. Edigbari. He's a guy that can stand up on that edge. He can move to either side of the formation. And he's a guy that, sure, in terms of these stats, he doesn't have a ton of sacks necessarily attached to his name. But he's a guy that gets a lot of pressure and he makes life miserable for the opposing team's offensive tackles. And that is why I'm a bit concerned about that matchup because South Carolina, you look at their offensive tackle positions, obviously it has been uh it's been pretty shoddy so far this season. Tree Babalade, true freshman at left tackle, you know obviously he's gonna have his growing pains. And if you're a fan or if you're one of these coaches, all you could do really sit and grin and bear it when that does take place. And then on the right side of the offensive line at right tackle, quite frankly, if you're South Carolina, you've yet to find an answer at that position. Everyone that's played at that spot so far this season have been extremely inconsistent, to say the least. So, for the Gamecocks, they're going to have to do certain things to try and slow down Princely Umanmalin in this football game, which means you're going to have to probably do a lot of chip blocking. There might be times where you have to shift your entire protection scheme just to his side of the formation just to make sure that he does not have a free one-on-one rush right at Spencer Rattler. You're going to have to get creative here if you're Dow Loggins in this offensive coaching step because if you let Princely just get one-on-ones all game long, he is going to probably eat your offensive tackles alive and therefore that's going to put Spencer Rattler in harm's way and that's the last thing that South Carolina needs to have play out in this football game so be very intrigued to see what all they do schematically speaking from a tactical standpoint to try and at least slow down Princely and lessen maybe the impact that he has on this football game so with all that bearing in mind, I do have some final thoughts and a score prediction to give all of you on how I think this football game is going to play out. And I'll be sure to dive into all of that in just a few moments. Today's show is brought to you by FanDuel. Snap into the action this NFL season with FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. Because right now, if you join FanDuel as a new customer, you can bet $5 and get 200 in bonus bets guaranteed. That's $200 in bonus bets, win or lose. 
The Carolina Panthers are currently 0-5 right now, and the schedule doesn't get any easier. They're playing at Miami this coming Sunday afternoon. And here's the thing. FanDuel has got a current weekly special bet for the highest scoring team in the NFL on Sunday specifically. And Miami currently has the best odds at plus 500. With how bad this Panthers offense has been, the defense being out there on the field so much, quite frankly, uh, you might want to put some money down on that bet for the Miami Dolphins to score the most points this coming Sunday. If you think that they will do that, well, then now's the best time to join FanDuel. The app is easy to use, and you can bet on everything from spreads to player props and more. So visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn and kick off the NFL season with FanDuel, an official partner of the NFL. Welcome back to today's edition of the Lockdown Gamecocks podcast, where we cover your South Carolina Gamecocks every single day in just 30 minutes. It is time to get into my final thoughts for this SEC matchup between the South Carolina Gamecocks and the Florida Gators. And if you've watched my Wednesday crossover show that I did with Locked On Gators host Brandon Olson, then you already have kind of an idea of where I'm going with this football game in terms of how I think things are going to play out. I'll go ahead and get this out of the way. I do not think that South Carolina is going to run away with this game by any means. I also don't think that Florida is going to have any chance of running away with this thing. I think that the odds makers with the current spread that they have at two and a half points in favor of South Carolina, I think that spread is pretty much dead on. I think that this is going to be a very, very close football game. I think this is going to be one that's going to come down to a couple of key possessions and a couple of key plays. For South Carolina, I do think that it matters a great deal that they have home field advantage for this football game. I think that the fan base, just like the football team, they understand how significant this football game is going to be for the Gamecocks perspective bowl eligibility chances. South Carolina, they have to get this one. Obviously, Shane Beamer's got to get this one. And I think that everybody in Gamecock country is in unison or is thinking the same thing when it comes to the importance of this game. So that is going to play a huge factor in this matchup. I also do believe that South Carolina having that extra week of preparation time for this football game, to be able to go back and see what tendencies they maybe need to break in each phase of the football game, what they need to fix, what adjustments they have to make, I think that's going to be huge as well. Because if Shane Beamer has shown anything during his time in Columbia, he has shown that when he and his staff have extra time to get ready for a football game, usually they take full advantage of it. Up until the Notre Dame and North Carolina games, when Shane Beamer and his staff had more than seven days to prepare for a matchup, I think they were basically undefeated. So that includes their season openers and their bowl game from 2021. That includes both of the bye week games from the past two seasons and their football game against Kentucky last year where they had, I believe, eight or nine days to get ready because of the South Carolina State game being moved to a Thursday night because of a potential hurricane threat that week. So Shane Beamer and this football staff, they have proven to be quite efficient when they have a little bit of extra time to get ready for these games. 
I also do believe that it cannot be overlooked the fact that Florida, since Billy Napier has arrived there, they have just struggled mightily to win any football games outside of Gainesville. To only have, you know, a couple of wins or a handful of wins, that's one thing. But to be one in seven in eight games away from Gainesville since Billy Napier's taken over that job, that's really, really atrocious, quite frankly. That tells me that that coaching staff, they have issues getting their team ready for those football games. Now, Billy Napier said earlier this week that they are making some adjustments to their schedule. Apparently, they got to South Carolina a little bit earlier than they would usually for a road game. They're going to basically try to emphasize sleep, or they did on Wednesday night. They're going to try to get to the stadium even earlier than they usually do on Saturday. They're changing up everything, trying to press any sort of button that could help them maybe get a better result on Saturday. But I also went back and looked at their road games against Utah and against Kentucky. And in those two games, I found that the offense had 10 total procedural penalties. And here's the thing. Utah, great home field advantage. Not going to dispute that. I don't even think they hold as many fans, though, as Williams-Brice Stadium does. Kroger Field with Kentucky, an underrated home field advantage in this conference. Not trying to disparage them. But again, I don't think that it compares to Williams-Brice Stadium. This will be the toughest road test in terms of the environment and the atmosphere that this Florida Gators football team will have faced all season long to this point. You throw in the players and coaching staff knowing how much they need this game, the extra time they've had to prepare for this game, and on top of it all, the cherry on top, 38-6. to That score has probably been sitting on their minds all week long. Shane Bimmer said during his Tuesday press conference earlier this week that he had not brought it up at all to the team, nor did he plan to. And sure, I can maybe buy that, but I also guarantee it has probably been a conversation or a talking point in that locker room, whether it was started by Shane Beamer or not. Everybody in that locker room remembers that game from last year. How much pain it caused this football team. It was a true fork in the road moment for this football program. And you can bet your bottom dollar that this team's going to come out with a fire in their belly to try to avenge that loss against Florida on Saturday. Home field advantage has meant a lot more in this sport this fall. And I think that you'll see that play out once again on Saturday afternoon, whether it is sunny or whether it is raining. Give me South Carolina winning 24-20 to over the Florida Gators. I think the Gamecocks do cover that two and a half point spread that has been set by the FanDuel odds makers. And I do think that the Gamecocks will get back to 500 on the season this weekend. What are y'all's thoughts on this football game? Do you think South Carolina is going to pull out a victory in the end? How much do you think Shane Beaver needs to get this one specifically for himself and his perception as a coach in this conference? And what questions do you think the Gamecocks have to answer in this matchup? Let me know your thoughts down below in the comments section. If you watch today's show on YouTube or shoot me a direct message on Twitter at a line underscore SC. If you listen to today's show on an audio podcast app, as always, thank y'all so much for tuning in. Have a great rest of your Friday and a fantastic weekend. And if you're going to the game, be safe 
And remember, the state fair is currently going on right now, so traffic will be way worse than usual. I want to plan on getting there a little bit earlier than you usually do because of that. So thank y'all once again for tuning in. I'll be sure to catch y'all on the next show of the Locked On Gamecocks podcast.